Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FB crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet-and-greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Footy Prime the Podcast with Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest, Brandon Dunlop, and James Sharman. Footy Prime is brought to you by DAZN. Your sport, when and where you want it. For producer Dan Wong and myself, Jeff Cole, let's get this party started. Thank you, JC. Thank you, Zone. Welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast. Sharman here. Wong is here. DJ is here. Craig is here. Dunlop's here. It's a full house. And B stuffing his face at the moment. What are you eating there, B? That's right. I went to uh, Dici to be impressed, Cacio Pepe, and I, uh, I fry some zucchini next to it as well. I had some uh, chorizo to top it off to make it really, uh, really special. But yeah, spaghetti, butter, pepper, and uh, a little bit of broth, boys. Did you make it yourself or was that the missus's handiwork? No, I did make it. I did. She, we, we just had a, uh, a discussion about who makes it better. It was and? an argument. Uh, she makes it better. Uh, mm, hers is obviously. more of a more of a sauce. She uses more parm than I do. I like to layer the parm. She likes to actually put the parm in before the spaghetti goes in. Deech, I think it's I think it's too much. It makes a real hassle to clean it. Well, I'm Keep turned on. Up. I don't know about you guys. I'm really turned on. Wait, um, wh- what was you salivating there? Like he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Craig is out of cans most nights, and, he, and he's listening to, to Dunlop's dinner. Well, to the actual football talk, as much as that was a compelling, compelling conversations about what we're eating tonight. Um, massive week, Canada back in action. World Cup qualifying resumes. Canada at the Azteca, one of the fabled old stadiums in the footballing world. And Craig, I'm doing some some of the research here, looking back at some of the games because Canada's never won down there at the Azteca, and the one that stands out is the 8-0 in 1993. Were you, were you part of that? Oh, you were, weren't yes. you? Yes, what yes, I was. What, happened? what, what memories what? do you have of that game, Craig? Oh, we had a good time. <laughs> Golfing, right? Oh, we golfed, yeah, but that was a... What did, it was a bit like this summer, uh, the Gold Cup in a, in a 
odd situation where we had World Cup qualifying coming up and a lot of the players had coming off their long seasons and Bob Leonarduzzi was more inclined to say, well, have some time off. We won't prepare. We'll go straight in after you guys are had three weeks off or whatever. And we did. We went straight in and got smashed. That's an interesting decision, tactical choice. <laughs> yeah, I wish I didn't play that one. So, in an eight-nil game, like, like, can you can you kind of describe the room at the end of the match? What's it like? I mean, in it's I don't know. It's, it's different to perhaps North American sport where you have higher higher score lines. As eight nils happen now and again in football, it's so rare. What was that room? What's it like in a in a room after an eight nil or a I don't know, seven one, seven nil, nine nil. Is it <clears throat> almost comedic like what yeah, your three right. pants are saying? Is this one of those freaking days or do you just want to just knife yourselves? I don't think I've done a six yet. I don't I I don't recall. I have to look into that. <laughs> you can come play with my co ed league team if you want, because we're getting shellac. We lost thirteen nil to a team went wearing Fenerbahce kits, come to find out they're actually sponsored by the club. Holy really? shit. No way. Drywall United are facing Fenerbahce Juniors. Yeah, that's right. B, B, why don't you say that again with your mouth empty this time? No, everybody heard me. This I've got the best internet of the lot of us. Everyone, everyone heard me. Yeah, was Rogers. Deesh, what was your worst um, worst pounding? <laughs> Sorry. What was, your, <laughs> what was your worst pounding? <laughs> Is Nigel in the room? <laughs> oh jeez uh, that's gonna make a great promo i'm just clipping that part that's right you know what i never ever got smashed by like six no my, my biggest defeat was when we were at west brom once and it was later on in the season and a liverpool team with michael owen a younger michael owen uh in the team were going for the top four they weren't obviously in the title race and they come and just took liberties with us that day. We thought we had a little bit of a chance to stay up, and they hit us, I think, 5-1 that day. That's that's the biggest result probably I've been involved with. Either way, like good or bad? Bad. We got smashed 5-1. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, were you on the other end of, those, of some some higher scores when you were winning any age group? Or I, No, I've never, never been involved with like a... I've been involved with a 7-2 at Ox, uh, Sunderland. We beat, I think it was 7-2 or 7-1. Um, one game, and I, I think I scored a brace. I was feeling sick the night before, and Quinny went down with, uh, uh, now Quinn went down with a, a little bit of a flu as well, so it must have been in the locker room. But I got put out there, and I remember we... we uh, we got an early penalty, and I said I'll take it. I wasn't a penalty kick taker, but I just wanted it was an early game in the season. I wanted to get on a little bit of a run, get into rhythm. Scored it, but we were just on fire that day, and we smashed Oxford at home. It was, it was like, no, I hit. I, I was always a bottom right, like right, being right. No, but being being right footed, Craig, as you know, as a goalkeeper, we always go hard right and low normally for a right right-footed player and uh, I just went with what I knew best, smashed it home and got my first goal of the season. Got my second later on in, in the game but we ended up winning, I'm sure it was 7-1 or 7-2 and that, that was my biggest smashing. 
the biggest deficit I've come back from was at QPR. We were 4-0 down at halftime to Port Vale. I was on the bench, me and Andy Impey. And the gaffer just said, oh, i got to change things around because we were absolutely diabolical in the first half. And um, Mark Haitley was playing that game. And I was pissed because Mark was an older, experienced player. And he kind of took my spot in the team. And we came on in the second half. And I didn't score, but I set up a couple. And we came back to tie 4-4. So that, that was a really interesting game to be part of as well. Did you win many penalties? Played for your... Uh, I won a few. One of uh, he played for your club, didn't he? Milan, Mark Haitley, yeah. No, Mark Haitley, didn't he play for your team, Milan? He was a that's right, yeah. Him and him and Ray Wilkins were part of a a group that went over to AC Milan. Luther Blissett was just before him as well, Craig. So there was a a strong English contingent that went across to Milan, but those two were together and then they ended up coming back from Milan to Glasgow Rangers. And they, they kind of had a little bit of a dynasty there at Glasgow Rangers as well, Haitley and Wilkins. They were, uh, was it Marseille before then, right? For Haitley. He was at Marseille for years, wasn't he? I'm not sure where he was. I know Ray played at PSG for a little bit before. Yeah, I'm, Mark Haitley in 86. He was in the 86 team, wasn't he? For England, was it 90? 86 he was there, wasn't he? 86. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty great, sure he was, he was at Marseille. Great hair. Great hair. Oh, wow. What an interesting. <laughs> that, did, did, did Mark Haley inspire you, Deitch, to cut your hair, to have your hair that long? Was he the reason? For sure. For sure. No, no, not really. <laughs> in this really. Milan picture, though, he's got Deitch vibes. Strong Deitch vibes in this yeah. Milan picture. That Who inspired your hair, Deitch? Someone must have inspired your hair. I think it was Mark Haley. No, it was, it was more who? my DJing, DJing style back in the day. Long flow. I used to wear a bucket cap, fisherman's cap. You know, that was that was my style. It was nothing to do with football or footballers back in those days. <laughs> funny that you met uh funny that you were talking about being a DJ last night at Sid Lambert. The, a funny old game. He said, <laughs> Every now and again I think about Danny Dicchio being a top flight striker and DJ, with access to the biggest dance to- dance tunes of the nineties at the same time. Living the fucking dream. <laughs> <laughs> But then he put a picture of you, and it was what? What is that album you were talking about? But some, it said "horny" on the front of it. Yeah, I think it was like a big song back in those days, and it was over on CD and vinyl. Flock of seagulls. Flock of seagulls. <laughs> I wasn't playing that for sure. No, you just look like him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, Craig! When you were like, you know, out in the town back in the in the nineties, you know, did you was it was it you know did everyone know that Dickio's spinning tonight at this club and you have to go and watch him, listen to him, right? Oh man, it was buzzing. Ipswich was like they were driving <laughs> down the E twelve. <laughs> Dickio's spinning. We actually get in your car. On a Sunday, we used to go to a place which wasn't too far from Mitchwick. It was called Faces. It was in Essex. Did you know Faces? Yeah. yeah, West Ham boys used to go there oh, as well. Oh, yes. In Essex. Would have got up to some trouble there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Essex girls are special. <laughs> was that where you sold out Robbie Savage? No, that wasn't. Robbie wouldn't go in there. It was, too, it was a little bit too lively for Robbie in there. What does lively mean? <laughs> lively? Well, I don't understand what that means. Like, what would keep me out of a club? Lively means it could kick off at any time. 
like a fight edgy yeah, yeah, yeah. edgy is a, is a good prickly term. which is just about every other place in england as well <laughs> yeah. many characters on the one roof dan so you would have been one of the characters in under that roof if that you didn't get sense. a if you didn't get a bird you'd go and have a go have a title fight outside <laughs> Oh, if you didn't pull a girl that night, you, instead of you just go, okay, I'm straight to knuckle, straight to knuckles. Yeah, yeah there's a pounding regardless. One way or the other, there's a pounding. Some form of back using the word pounding. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you grew up, Wonger, wasn't it? That if no. you went out, you get in a fight. No, because you know what? We, we had too much fun together. No fighting. Yeah. Fighting was silly. It was so I, – I hated going out and – you know, you always had, the, always had those friends, right, who, who just mix it up, and I just hated it. I like, hated what, is that. A, what is the freaking point? Now, the more I drink, the happier I get. By, like, grade 10, grade 9, grade 10, 15, yeah. I was done with it, because then I could go, you know what, I realized I might be able to kiss a girl. <laughs> a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun trying to kiss a girl than, than getting, you know, five yeah. knuckles across your with, nose. With right? teeth as well is always nice. <laughs> bonus with teeth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Kissing a girl with teeth or having teeth? Oh, just having them. <laughs> right. Arsene Wenger signed Mark Haley at Monaco in 1987. So it was Monaco, not Marseille. Yeah, it was not wow. Marseille, yeah. Okay. And then after Rangers in, in 1990. Wow. Good player, wasn't he? A real good player. Tad Charms. To answer your question, Charms, about the dress room at 8-0, it was a little different because we went in and basically just bailed on the tournament just to show up and put a squad together it was yeah wasn't it wasn't yeah. like the uh, a nine nil on the seven one man united that was they were that one yeah and i guess also back back in those days you know the canadian public just didn't acknowledge the soccer team right so so you went back and i'm i'm sure it wasn't making headlines or, or was it give it Right. Back, back then, they didn't give. They don't give a shit. Just a little less. So, B, if Canada loses eight 0 tomorrow, it will make headlines, I would imagine. But uh, what do you anticipate happening tomorrow? They're not going to lose eight 0 uh, I think they can kick it, but I think that you know Mexico sees this as as a must win for them. They're not looking at Canada as as a top three side. They're not looking at Canada as a Concacaf contender. They're still the Giants, and they're going to look at Canada as a team they've owned in the past and as a team that hasn't been able to show up and deliver at Azteca. So is this potentially the best side that Canada's been able to send to the Azteca to play the senior team? Yes, I think it is. But, uh, you know, Mexico still still got the edge, and I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be stunned if it ends up 3-0, but, but I do have uh, faith in the team that, that it'll be a bit closer. Lozano's uh, back for Mexico, as is Raul Jimenez. So, Deej... Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, the first three games, they were missing those players, key players. How, how different is it going to be for Canada now, knowing that you're playing against these dudes? I think it's going to be a big test, but I think it's a test that this group of players under John Herdman are going to embrace. I think if you want to get through to the World Cup finals and play against the best of the best, then you have to beat the best teams within your group in qualifying. So... Yes, they have some very, very good players, but Canada showed in the last game they played against Mexico at the, the Gold Cup that they, they can hang with them and they were unlucky to lose. I think it was in extra time, was it? Um, 
that they can compete with them and that the Mexicans are not as strong as a group as they once were. And Canada have some unbelievable players. They have two or three players playing in elite level European leagues now. Yeah. They have a lot more starters within this, this group now instead of players coming in that are probably at unattached clubs and not playing week in, week out. So I just think that they'll go in with a game plan, knowing John Herdman, and they'll try and execute it, but they'll have plan B and plan C as well. And I said, this is this will be a great result for for the group if they can get a win, but even a draw and come away from the Azteca with a point. And it keeps them in good stead for qualification. Where's the game they've got to win here? Jamaica or Panama? In Panama, I think it's a surprise so far in, in this tournament. Jamaica too have surprised in, in the other way because they haven't played well at all, but they have got a bit yeah. more time now with it, with these new players. Yes. Well, Jamaica play against the US, I think, tomorrow night as well, Shams, yeah? Yeah, yeah that's well, the first the first time. Seven, 7.30 game, so it's a lead-up to. It's the appetizer for Canada-Mexico. Yeah. I think everyone's kind of waiting, Danny, for Jamaica to show the potential they have because they haven't played well in the first couple of games. Panama have been... Um, I wouldn't even call them a dark horse because they're a strong outfit as well. They were at the last World Cup if we... If we forget yeah. that they they they're a good team, they're a well coached team, um, and Canada are going to have to. For me, the the must win game is Jamaica. It really is the yeah. must win game is Jamaica. And then, as I said, because they're vulnerable because they're going vulnerable. away is, hasn't been easy there. No, and they and they, I feel this group feel that they can get a point off of the other two teams. So yeah. you come out of this this little group of games, three games with with five points, I think it's a, a good haul for the group. Five points would they, be special. I think the way have... it falls the fixture list, them going to Azteca now is great, right? As opposed to this being the sixth game or the seventh game in this run of 14, for it to be the fourth, for them to come in undefeated with the points that they already have, this is a very good spot for them to, to head into. What's the, uh, the latest on the Tiba and uh, Laren? Do we know? I know they're, they're questionable. Are they still questionable? Or has, has, has John has been in the update today? I've been away from the uh, off the grid today. I haven't seen an update on it either. Well, they, who's not playing? Hoylet and Weatherspoon, right? Weatherspoon, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So is that a big bench loss? Well, Hoylet was starting, but Weatherspoon was coming off the bench, right? Yeah, it hurts the depth, right? And we keep hearing about the depth yeah. of this team, and certainly it's much better than it has been for a long, long time, if perhaps ever. But, you know, you, you don't want to be losing players, and Hoylet... You know, when he's come on, I thought it looked pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But he's out. They're both, I think they're both back though for Jamaica. It's a, it's a COVID um, protocol kind of issue. I think of both players being that Jamaica is one of these red countries. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But you don't want to lose Atiba or, or Laren, obviously. So uh, especially against Mexico. Um, five players on yellow cards, right, as well. I mean, that shouldn't affect selection, should it, at this point in, in Mexico? Or, or do you look at Mexico on the road and Craig and think, well, you know, maybe we do need to take care of these yellow cards here and maybe rest some players until the Jamaica game, which might be the most important game. Uh, yes and no. I actually think that this group is so confident that I don't think that they should be leading into Azteca uh, in a negative way. Uh, I think they should be positive about this. I think they've got an absolute chance to catch these guys. I mean, 
When you look at Raul coming back, he's not he was before his head, but I, I do believe he's still he's he's got past it. Um, I don't think it's a case of uh, his head and not uh, being brave enough. I've seen him play so brave and being past the injury is, but his fitness or match fitness, each you know, getting into that. Uh, is going to take him a little while. And I don't think Mexicans are what they were and uh, have been. So there's some pressure on them. And I think with Canada's ability to hold on to the ball and with the pace that they have, they're going to have to do that because altitude is going to be a big factor too. But possessing the ball, they should be okay. That's what our problem was in the past. We had pressure coming at us one just wave after wave. The, the key thing as well, guys, is that I think Canada left their mark a little bit on Mexico in the last game mm-hmm. and it it woke them up a little bit and I think the Mexicans will respect Canada a little bit more this time they'll know there's a, a bigger stake um, on show for, for both teams they know that they'll try and get as many points at home obviously Canada dropped a couple of points early on in their first game but I think there'll be a huge amount of respect now for Canada I think there was respect before, but even them going toe-to-toe with them, as I said, has left a little bit of a mark, and, and Canada will have to be wary of that. I'm sure John would have put that into his tactical game plan as well, and just being aware of a little bit of an onslaught coming on and, and having to weather the storm a little bit, but also knowing that, as you said, Greg, they have speed in, in this team now, and they can really hit, hurt the Mexicans in transition, and that's where I think... They were really mm-hmm. strong in the last game against Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, so do you think a three at the back? We're going to see a, one of those formations, uh, which Herman's used quite a lot in, in the past, switching from three four three to four three three a lot. But do you see for this one, they're going to kind of suck it up, three centre backs, and then just try and catch him on the break? Yeah, I do. Don't you, Deech? I think that's a great with the pace that they have. The Mexicans going to be very, very wary that the, somebody's going to catch him on the counter, and they've got more than one weapon here in Canada as well. Um, again, in the past, if we had somebody with pace, Alex Bumbry, for instance, got in behind, uh, you just mark him out, and then you basically, nobody could scare you. But we've got weapons now that we've never had. So they should be okay. They've shown that they can transition with those wing backs and you know have a, a line of five at the back when they need. So I think defensively they're they're in a much better situation than they have been in the past. It's yeah, it's the question marks about Laren and Atiba and Cavallini, who are all uh, at last report still unexpected to be available for selection, but not completely ruled out. Um, again, I think where this match falls in the fixture list is it's so beneficial for them. But Deech made a point about the Gold Cup. You know, it really sucks that the Gold Cup is not the measure that it is in other regions. You know, because of the frequency, because of how other nations treat it. Like, we should be able to look at that and say, well, look, when they went up against each other, A-team versus A-team in our regional tournament, this is this is the marker. And now here's World Cup qualifying as the in-between. Instead, it's like the Gold Cup didn't matter. And now this is the real test. This is the real measure of where both these programs are. Now, mm-hmm. in the fourth game of, of the final stage of, of qualifying for the World Cup a year out, uh, 14 months, 15 months, it's just so strange. Like, look at Italy and Spain in the Nations League in the semifinal. C- coming off of, of the Euros, that was their measurement. And this was just a few months removed. People were hoping for some of that magic. Are the Italians really that upset that their unbeaten streak ended because they lost in the Nations League semifinal to Spain? No. But it's the, it was the, con- the regional tournament that mattered more, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think the Gold Cup does need to get more respect, but I, I wonder partly is it because that wasn't Canada's A team, right, at the Gold Cup. They were missing, you know, David and they were missing Fonzie. Apart from that, the guys were there, I understand that. But nor were Mexico. They were missing some no, Mex- players as yeah, well. Me- Mexico, um, the States sent a C team. Yeah, like. yeah. So and, that's why uh, if, if they don't respect it, the States don't respect it. And if Canada had more depth, I'm sure, you know, they, they, they took it more seriously because of, you know, the qualifiers coming up, but they were missing some key players as well. But because of injuries, start taking it seriously yeah. properly, then why should we? It's a frequency thing, though, right? It's no, no, no. I'm saying that as a tournament as a whole, it's just so weird that in a, in other regions, you know, like the the African Cup of Nations, which falls in the middle of a club season, that's that's still a big measurement. All those all those nations treat it seriously, and the frequent, you know, it is very frequent too. It sometimes it changes. It's there's been back to back years, but it, it tries to stay on that. Uh, I think it's it's biennial, right? Every every two year cycle, and I just find that with the Gold Cup, it's like yeah, but it's a it's an Olympic year, so it's not the same. Or oh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll send the Olympic team to tune up instead. Canada sent the strongest side with the exception of those immediate injuries, though. These other nations yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Craig, has it changed? Was it, did it seem more important 15 years ago? Has it lost its luster? Or, or was it even back then not considered? No, I don't, no, I don't think it has. I think they they've done really well with uh you know sponsorship numbers you know the stadiums are full um and just the timing with the, these World Cup qualifiers where they were where they're coming up uh with the pressures of the league and the pandemic and everything else uh, it it put it put it in a difficult situation where um a lot of the countries uh, uh didn't take it as seriously. Um, it was squished in, and I think CONCACAF and Victor Montagliani, I mean, I discussed with him as well about it, and it was just a case of, you know, cramming as many things in as they, they possibly could, and I think overall they did a pretty good job. And So I don't think it's a, a case of the, the tournament's losing its luster. It'll, it'll gain more and more, but it'd be nice if somebody else won it other yeah. than... Well, that that could be what it is. It could be that there just aren't that many sexy teams. And only two teams, with the exception of Southern Canada back in 2000, only two teams win it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and with respect to CONCACAF, I mean, apart from Mexico, there aren't sexy teams globally, right? The States aren't a sexy team, right? They, they've come leaps and bounds in recent years, and now they're a very good team, but they're not a contending team at a World Cup, for example, Right, only but Mexico, Mexico is not a contending team. No. Well, no, but they, you know they bloody should be because they always start World Cups amazingly. You think, wow, this could be the year, right? And then they blow it in the first knockout round, right? But I think they're still respected globally. I don't think any other yeah. team in Concacaf is respected globally, at least not over the, over the last you know number of years. Yeah, agreed. But would you not say that you know history has a lot to do with that? The fact that Mexico's hosted the World Cup, you know, the, the fact. Oh, yeah, that no, Mexico... they're, they're a legitimate football nation. Nation, yeah, they've got the, they've got the history. The identity, so that's why that is. They're producing great players, but they're I still think, in that that third echelon and global. And you look at the global football power structure, power structure. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Where's Mexico? They're third tier still, I think. Don't you? Don't you? If you have the, you know, obviously you got the, the Italy's and the Brazils and Argentina's, England's. I put there, not quality of football, but just you know where they are in the grand scheme of things. And then below them, you have the, with respect, the Portugal's. You know the the Swedens, you know, and then I think Mexico globally are still below them, even though they might be a better team and, and often in most years. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's just take the Coca Cola FIFA World rankings. That that should be gospel. So when Mexico <laughs> seventh, 
good for CONCACAF, right? Yep, Canada 51st. It's funny you say, though, like the, the lack of sex appeal in, in CONCACAF. I mean, we know that. But you look at the United States, actually, and they are in kind of a, a dip, which is wild, right? Because Pulisic playing at Chelsea, the European champions, Weston McKinney is at Juventus, Sergio Dest is at Barcelona. But if you look at the team in comparison to the team that went to the World Cup in 2010, the, maybe the team that went in, in 2014 with Tim Howard and running up against Belgium, they almost knocked out Belgium. I feel like this team doesn't have the same zhuzh as, as it did in the past, which is kind of kind of surprising. Am I alone there? Two words, Landon Donovan. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the missing piece. <laughs> that's the missing piece. <laughs> Brian McBride. Yeah, that's it. But you're right, because these, these are young players playing on bigger clubs than ever. Yeah. Right? Right. We've never seen a, a, a um, an American national team with more players playing on top teams than we are seeing now, and yes. young players too. So why are they in a dip? Or is it they're actually at the beginning of their, their build? They're actually gathering steam right now. Yeah, I'd like to hear Dietz's take on this. I think that they are at the beginning. I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that they actually have had so many players that they haven't been consistent in tournaments or in qualifying cycles. I mean, Ricardo Pepe made his his debut in this last World Cup qualifying cycle, and now they're talking about you know a twenty five million pound move to Ajax for him, and and that he's going to carry the the states of the World Cup that the others, that Josie and and Bradley and company couldn't take to to Russia, which is which is wild. He's eighteen years old and, and brand new to the squad. So maybe it's that. The f- Craig's Craig, mic's working Craig much better. Mic's working yeah. much better this week. Yeah. Your, your internet is picking great times to participate in our show, Craig. <laughs> Hide like maneuver. They'll go all hey. high leg. <laughs> you just joked on your dinner, your can of tuna? What, what happened there? <laughs> Get the, pay the extra money for the Rio, okay? It comes He's in all the oil. Craig's struggling right now. Right? It's, <laughs> Deech will tell you, if you're going to eat tuna out of a can for dinner, Spend the extra money and get the Rio. <laughs> We've now lost Craig. It's just ridiculous. He coughs and it, we hear him beautifully. And he talks and we can't hear him. Deech, back to B's comment there about the States. Where do you see the States right now? Do you see this as a power you know, that's going to emerge in a couple of years' time with these young, young studs? Or is it something more sinister? No, they're definitely going through a little bit of transition. Um, what I would say... Uh, I feel that in Europe that clubs are looking for cheaper options now. I'm not saying they're less quality players, although I do feel that the current crop of players are not as higher quality as what we saw from the Americans at World Cups that they did really well in. Yeah. They, they've gone through a transition. Like you got the Michael Bradleys, the Josie Altidores. There was a couple of defenders, even Brad Guzan. Like guys like them have slowly been transitioned out. And now they're trying to bring this young crop of players through. Now, a lot of these guys have either been brought in from European backgrounds with US national dads or whatever it is that has made them. Um, play for the US. I just feel that the likes of Dest, if we're really looking at it, he's, if Barcelona are playing at the top of their form, winning La Liga titles and Champions League titles, Dest doesn't get into that team, Dunny. Yeah, I know. And you're right. The same you're, you're with Juventus. Right. McKenney is not a Juventus player. He's, he's a decent player. He's industrious. 
but he's not a Juventus player. And that's no disrespect to the American guys. It really is no disrespect. But they're not as high a quality as we saw from the Landon Donovans and those guys, as you said, that went toe-to-toe with Belgium at World Cup and nearly got through to, I think it was the semi-finals, was it, Danny? Um, yeah, they lost. In, was it the quarters that they lost in? I think I think it was the last 16. So you got yeah. semis, was, semis, quarters, or last sixteen? No, it was the, it was the it was the last sixteen, but it was exciting. Uh, yeah. It was the last last sixteen, I think, because then Belgium beat Brazil in the quarters, and then Belgium lost in the semis. Are, well, are the US World Cups now? Oh, I'm confusing World Cups. Never mind. Anyway, uh, is the US are they actually the new Korea? In that Korea? clubs, Korea, yeah, and that clubs really want to sign the next American star because they know if they can unlock that American market. There's a lot of potential there, right? You know, for so long, it was like, must find a Korean player or an Asian player. But generally speaking, we had Korean players. A couple of Japanese players tried, didn't really make it. Um, but it's like, you know, let's give a chance on this guy because we've got to get that Asian market unlocked. Now it's like the States, you mentioned that they're cheaper options. These they are, and they're still very good players. But, you know, these clubs want to get that next big one. That's why, why Chelsea paid so much for Pulisic because they knew if they get this kid, I know he's been injured quite a lot this season, but he's a very good player. Um, yeah. If they can get him, they can really market the hell out of him in North America and get their brand across. I think what you have to remember as well, there's a lot more American owners within Europe now yes. as well. So mm-hmm. whether that, that factors into it, um, I'm not sure it's a huge factor, but mm-hmm. we know what the Americans are like. The Americans like to have their boys within a club, whether it's one player, whether it's two players. Any, any clubs specifically? or Whether it's in, a in CEO, general. whether it's a GM, whether it's a coach, it doesn't matter. They, they like to look after themselves, and rightly so, but Roma, he's talking about Roma. Yeah. Oh, By the way, uh, on, on the American note here, we should mention Ted Lasso's uh, been re up for a third season, the final third season, and have got a deal with the Premier League now to start using some of their assets within the show. Which I mean, $680,000 licensing deal with the Premier League. Isn't that yeah. amazing? A little segment during Premier League broadcasts has now signed this, this billion dollar deal. Did you know? Did you know that Jason Sudeikis and his wife broke up like a year and a half ago, and she's dating Harry Styles now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that until, and I was like, I just watched. Oh, got some music. Was it Harry Styles? I don't know. Craig's got something going on again. Craig's a Craig's alarm. Was it? Was this? Did you try and set the AM seven forty eight? Watermelon sugar high. What That's that? my ringtone for some reason. It's actually about oral sex. That's so, fine. do you think is Jason Sudeikis now a bit like Ted Lasso in that he's he's recently he's divorced and, and he's, he's 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 just he's living his life, but there's some demons there still, and he needs a yeah. little bit of help. That's exactly he didn't what seem it is. super happy when he won his Emmy. Yeah, but so is Ted Lasso. But then he has a panic attack in the FA Cup semifinal. I agree. I think there's some real parallels there. No, there's a, there's a lot of parallels in honesty to it, and it's funny that you bring this up because uh, my wife wanted to watch John Wick. She loves Keanu Reeves, she loves The Matrix, and she wanted to watch John Wick. And she, it starts, and uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. That the premise begins with him having lost his wife, and uh, and his dog, and his dog, yeah. Um, but dog. as it as it plays, his dog, dog. Do you like dogs? No, I like dogs. I like caravan. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, she she realizes immediately, like, oh, this, there's a lot of parallels to 
his, his real life here. Like that he he lost his partner and he lost a child actually. Um, and uh, you know, right after the Matrix, um, and and then there's like three movies of this. So it's almost as if he's lived, you know, perhaps going through this therapy and and living this out, making art through it uh, that we all get to bear witness to. I so, don't yeah, get this John Wick thing. I don't know Have why you people think. It, yeah, shit. Get give over. Shit. It's just awful. Why? Because you don't like violence. What do you? Uh, I love you, violence. Don't get me wrong, but I like violence in some kind of context, not just for the sake of it. And like it, it's just such content? a predictable storyline. Like, come, come on! You just it's not like good. Him. You don't respect him as an actor. No, I do. I actually, re- I really enjoy Keanu Reeves. Bill and Ted, one of the greatest trilogies in, in modern cinematographic, cinematographic, cinematographic. You know what I'm talking about? History. History. <laughs> History. <laughs> it is. Like I'd say, Tim, I'd say Tim and Sid there. <laughs> was it? No, that that was. I think it it dwarfs John Wick in every way possible. Bill the and Ted's excellent adventures. The first John Wick is regarded by many as the best action movie of all time. What idiots think that? And well, because the, in the first one there was a real plot line that justified the violence. Well, what's the plot line? The real plot line. Violence. His wife I, was I murdered, so he away, killed man. the killers. No, his wife didn't get murdered. His wife died of murdered. cancer. His dog got that's murdered. It. That's he it. Okay. He, but yeah. like everyone can relate to, like I want out. <laughs> let me out. And they wouldn't let him out because he was he was sucked in, right? I did my job. Leave me alone. But people maybe if maybe if Jason Sudeikis played John Wick, it'd be different. Yeah, could you imagine? Ted Lasso as the boogeyman. <laughs> hey guys, you guys better back the fuck up, or I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you up. You know, you know, you don't want any of this. I I gotta say, guys, that I've just started watching Ted Lasso two, and um, I don't think it's as good as season one. Stay, stick, stay with it. Now. Stay with it, Deej. Yeah, I think right it's better. I heard it was better. No, I think they're trying to be too funny now, where the first season was... Oh, it gets pretty dark. Balancing the American and the English humor was really good, but in the first series, anyway, me and my missus were watching it, we're like, no, nah, they're trying to be over the top now, and it's a little bit too cringy. Nah, I'm, you... I'm going to continue watching it, and hopefully it, it gets Stick better. With it. You, you, you know you what think... I think the... So, sorry, Sean, we'll go first, and then I'll, I'll uh, say I think the Dickios are just really pissed off that it was so obvious that that Roy Kent's character was based on Danny Dickio. And that's that's <laughs> yeah, why absolutely. they don't like it. I like that he says fucking at least every other... Fuck. Uh, uh, actually, my missus said in the first episode of series two where they go out for a meal with the president's uh, new boyfriend, she said that is you 100%. <laughs> <laughs> in the table, asking for another drink. Fucking wanting to get out of there ASAP. You are that fucking guy. Yeah, like I'm very antisocial in that sense. In that sense, uh, yeah, in that sense. My wife and some of uh, our close friends <laughs> think that uh, I'm very Roy Kentish, which I don't agree with. No, you're more, you're more Keely. <laughs> no, yeah, you get fucked by Danny Dickio. No, he's he's, he's the striker, Dick striker. Yeah, the founded by Ditch. You're the Mexican striker. You're the Mexican because you love the game so much. You're the Mexican striker. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Football is life. Football is life. Brandon Dunlop. Killed a great man in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, B, no, re- re- make that read now, will you? I, I'm enjoying the conversation here. Now you want me to interrupt it to talk about a streaming service? Okay, get ready for football and soccer on DAZN. The streaming service. Stream the NFL, Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Your sport 
when and where you want it. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. DAZN. Game changed. And also on DAZN, you can watch a great mini documentary, The American. Have you guys seen this yet? The American Como 1907. It's about this American CEO that takes over the team in Como. They're playing in C. Very good. Mini doc. Give it, give it a go. Serichi. Chi? I'm, I'm close enough. Yeah. Uh, um, Wong, you, you had a great little segment, and Craig's been quiet for a while because his internet sucks. But maybe yeah, you can throw so, to Craig to start things off here. Yeah, I wanted to know for Craig, uh, what always intrigued me, because I went to Montreal this weekend, and uh, one of my buddies had passed, watched the football game. So I always there was two questions I wanted to ask Craig. One was kind of your first practice at Ipswich that you were on the, like, with the senior team. What was that like? Was that had you already kind of proven yourself, or eyes as big as frying pans, intimidated? How did you how did you approach it? No, that, yeah. Well, I remember being pulled in the uh, preseason. I hadn't signed yet, and they got pulled by the first team to go over. Kind of a mixed. It was reserves. How old were you? Sorry. How old was I? Sixteen. Yeah. And uh, it was a five aside, and uh, I remember playing in that don't remember how it went okay but i remember there was a shot that i saved and i should have smothered it and i batted it away and charlie woods who's still part of the club it's now a hundred years i think he's still alive he said uh, he said you're not fucking playing this game for fun anymore (laughs) hold on to the fucking ball you'll be on the next flight back to england or about to Canada. <laughs> Did you take well to that kind of coaching, or was it tough? Oh fuck! I went back to the digs. I was like, oh geez, I think I think I'm done. <laughs> at, the, at the do drop in. At the do drop in. So, so you went over there. Obviously, they, they they heard about you. They scouted you. You went there on trial, I imagine. First of all, yeah, and then then you came back to Canada, and then they said, yeah, come back over. We want you, or you just stayed there. Stayed there. Yeah. I went so you over went, there. You, you went there thinking I could be here for a week or I could be here for 20 years. I don't know. Yeah. And I had trials set up at West Brom after if it didn't work well. And then in uh, Dundee United, but didn't want to go to the Scottish <laughs> League. That the bullet there, didn't you? Work my way down. <laughs> <laughs> and then your first start. My first start. Well, senior team. Who would you, who'd you play? Well, the first start. Uh, was in first league start was Colchester United. I went on loan down the road, so it was only 20 miles down the road. And uh, I think my second game was actually Wrexham. I can't remember the first game only because Ryan Reynolds now, but um, yeah, so that was that was really, really nerve wracking because you know that the scouts, you know, it's like Deach when you're young and that the scouts are there to watch you and you know it. Yeah, you know, so that was two months at Colchester, and then it went well. I would, I was really happy. I didn't expect to go on the first team next the next year. Was that second but division I, at that point? Or but second, I did, yeah, second, yeah, second division. And back then, Premier League being the first division, that was second division, right? Yeah, Colchester was the fourth division, and Ipswich was oh, the second division. division. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So you got yeah. sent down to the minors, basically, right? To get playing time. Yeah, yeah. 
it's great experience to get uh, to go down and and get uh, games under your belt for sure. And then they're you know professional environments and and they're they're watching for sure. Yeah. And Ditch, what about your kind of because you were under the QPR banner for so long? Yeah. What was like that first kind of you know you step on the field your first start kind of like. So again, I, I went down to the minors, as you explained it. I went to non-league. They sent me to non-league at like 16, 17. I was this tall stick like a rake. And they sent me to men's football non-league, which was a, a real eye-opener for me. I played my first game and I banged four goals in in my first game. We won 5 nil, I think. And like they were like, oh, we want to sign you for the rest of the year. And I was like, I don't want to fucking be here for the rest of the year. Like, I don't want to be a quick in and out SAS style. <laughs> I played like four weeks there and then QPR brought me back again and they said, okay, we're going to send you to a, a league division club now, which was a division four, like Craig. I, it was Barnet under the gui- guidance of uh, Ray Clements, an ex-England goalkeeper. He was the coach at the time. I went there, scored a couple of goals, and after being there for a, a couple of weeks, a month, I think, QPR brought me back and I made my debut in uh, the League Cup against Man City because uh, they had a couple of injuries. We we lost that game 2-1, but I did pretty well and I made my Premier League debut against Aston Villa and Paul McGrath at the time. Uh, wow. That weekend, and I, I scored on my, my Premier League debut, so... Come on. It was great being at home in front of my friends and family scoring on my debut for my, my hometown club that I've been at since the age of nine. Was it tearing header over Paul McGrath? Ever, right? Sorry? Best night out ever. No, it wasn't actually. I kind no? of it it was it was a little bit of reflection as well because yeah. you're young still and you like you obviously you want to go out, but it was like my dad had, had obviously spent a lot of time in taking me to training and from a young, young age, he wanted me to be a footballer and it was a proud moment for us all as a family. And I don't think I went out and partied on that Saturday. I went out on a Sunday, I, I think I remember, but the Saturday, the Saturday I spent some time with, with uh, my family and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, because I was we've been together a long, long time and we just we just kind of reflected and I still couldn't believe it because I'd scored in the Premier League and I was still young and it was just a, it was a whirlwind at that time for me being so young and playing for my hometown team. And then at and then at ten after ten at night, you said to everybody, "I gotta go. I'm DJing down at the club." <laughs> <laughs> just think all the birds you could have had. A DJ. Yeah, I know, but like ah, a Premier League footballer who's also a DJ? Nah, no, it's nah, not how it works. No, no one, no, no, no girls would be interested in that. Charms, yeah. ask your question about that goal before uh, Wonger got in there with that. Where did you go, Glubbing? <laughs> yeah, no. What, what was the goal? Was it like a towering header over Paul McGrath? No, it wasn't actually. It was a, a little bit of a, a mistake from him because oh wow, the ball kind of played over him. He went to get a drink. mistake. I expected him to turn and kind of clear it, and he kind Craig, of... It's not nice. Yeah, he turned a little bit slowish, and Mark Bosnich was in goal at the time as well, the Aussie keeper, uh, Craig, and he was a little bit slow in coming out, so I, I, I kind of rounded him and put it in with my left foot. I'm, I never score goals with my left foot. That was yeah, just... but you got... You went around the 
the coke addict and then and hell can't be that tough <laughs> Jesus, That's not hey, you know what paul mcgraw was my first ever interview in uh in tv yeah. really wow yeah. Yeah, well. at, at a pub actually at a pub and he was drinking coke but uh he was absolutely brilliant i was sure like paul was. McGraw, and he was a great interview and uh he was very gentle and tender with me given that it was my first time He's got a book. He wrote an autobiography. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a really yeah. good book. I've read it. I've got it here somewhere, actually. I read yeah. it as well. It's actually pretty sad. Yeah. yeah. He had a real tough time. So nice one, Craig, you bastard. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but going well, back to, sorry. Going okay. back, going back oh, yeah. To- I, want, I want to ask uh, the two broadcasters. So, Sharms, your first, your first time on the score, I guess it would be, right? Um, yeah, it was a score then. It wasn't headline sports, right? Because see, see, the thing is, I, I voiced a show like we, it was just a voiceover show first. I had no intention of being on air. Like I had no interest. You know, I, I really love producing. Face for then, radio. Yeah, exactly. I I, and I still do enjoy the, uh, the the producing side of things, but um, when it's offered to you, it's kind of hard to say no. And they just literally said, "Listen, you know, you're doing a great job producing the show, but we want an accent. Want to do it?" And that was my old boss, Anthony Chichoni who, who uh, Bino is very well, absolute legend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I've seen tapes of it recently. My dad taped it all and fucking hell, I was way too green to be on air. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, could you be any stiffer? How were you? How nervous were you? Well, it wasn't live, right? The first show, it was with tape it. So um, it wasn't my first live broadcast, which actually I find, I find live TV far easier than, than taped TV myself. It is. Yeah. Because well, you, you've got nowhere to fall. Because when no, you're doing it, tapes, you, you won't be perfect. Like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, but, like, but, it's like calling Craig just calling people alcoholics and drug addicts. Yeah, Wonger, I'll be honest. It is nothing like this. TV is nothing like this. <laughs> nothing like this. Okay? Not even close. <laughs> but it's true, AB. I mean, when you do live TV and you've got, there's no net to catch you. So you just say what you say and if it, you, what you say goes to air, and if you screw up, you live with it. So it's actually easier. Whereas when it's tape, you know you can always redo it. So you're never quite as focused. I found out you're always far more focused as I, I am doing live television. Subconsciously, because, you know you've got that safety net. So if, yeah. you, if you flub a word, just as I did there, to take an extra breath, you, you pull up and ah, we'll just we'll just do it again. Much to the you know enjoyment of all the camera crew and the control room staff that are very happy to rack the tape back and so. well and I, so b i'm not gonna ask you about your first time i'm gonna ask charms about b's first time how nervous was he <laughs> he wasn't one... nervous no b was always no. being confident he may he may have been nervous but not he wasn't outwardly nervous he was late i remember that much He's to, you've told that story a bunch a few of times, times. Yeah, i don't yeah, remember yeah. it the same way as you. You, you you were on air on time I was. It's I was just, on air I, time. Yeah, well, I felt like it was like a, it was like a soft call time. I felt no. I just felt like it was like a you know, we go downstairs at two thirty. So I felt like yeah. I was there at two thirty one. Yeah, sounds like it sounds but like a he, Danny he had expected me to be there up. at noon, you know, and and lunch with them and chat. I guess and I I didn't. I also didn't get paid for that, to be honest. I, all <laughs> of those, right. all of those. So really, <laughs> to be honest, I think I was, I was the fact that I was just on air at the time. It's circle oh, of life, brother. Yeah. It's circle yeah. of life. <laughs> guess what, B? You're not getting paid for this either. No. Well, guess I, what, B? I guess I'm not. I do have a first story though. Sharman wasn't there for this. The, my first. That was my first time on air. I was the the social media guy. Sharman threw to me as a. The scores Portugueser. So for those of you Portugueseers who think I got something against you, we got our own Portugueser. And I actually froze there because I knew that my name key was going to come up, and 
anyone who was Portuguese would be like, what the hell? Brendan Dunlop? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I feel like I'd have to answer for that, and I did on Facebook. This was literally like at the start of Twitter. Um, but the first time I filled in for Charmin, I think like you were sick or something, and I would have you know gone in anyway. Now I was hosting. Okay, great. Was that Sports I, World or was that I the footy show? The footy show, yeah, the footy show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the footy show. We were we were sitting in front of the windows at this point in the in the new studio. So I was uh, very happy to to be sat there, and uh, you know, I written an intro, and uh, it, it starts, and the camera comes in, and like on a sweeping jib, and the prompter's off. And I had like read, I had uh, ad libbed the first part, and then looked to the prompter was as my safety setup, and the the camera comes swinging in beautifully, and it's just blank, and I'm staring like into the <laughs> barrel of the camera, right? And but 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 and waiting for it to come, thinking it's going to come, stumbling my way through, and I was on the sofa there with Christian Jack, and I look at him, and he's got these. I'll, I'll try my best to describe it. He's just looking at me with these like encouraging eyes. You can do it, mate. Go on, have a go. Finish your sentence. As I'm just fumbling like a idiot, I was I was sweating like one of those deodorant commercials with the fire hydrant armpits. That was definitely my feeling in the moment. Hey, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I gave. I gave. I'm pretty sure. I was on the couch with Dickio for his Canadian television debut. I was going to yeah. ask, how did Ditch was right? he a natural charms? Oh yeah, absolutely natural, <laughs> man. Like <laughs> he's come a long way. Has he ever? He's come a long way. <laughs> but that was that your, that's your first Canadian TV gig, right? Canadians understand. We we bring uh, Ditch and um, and Carl Robinson on the Footy Show on Premier League mornings, right? And yeah. uh, it, was, oh, it was it was it was quite a coup at the time. Shit, we got Dickio and Robinson. You know, TFC thing. just launched. Big deal. Yeah, it was great. Serie A before Premier League Champs. Was it Serie A before then, was it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. The score had both at, yeah. those, at those times, I think. No, we had the Prem. No, we had Prem first, then we got Serie A after. Because so, we lost the Prem. Yeah. Maybe to, I've done one of them. To for, be yeah. bad for us there. We lost the Did, Prem. But Deja's accent, Deja's accent, I mean, it's, yeah. it's strong now, but it was really strong back then. Yeah. Really running. strong. And I got I, it fine, no problem at all, but I'm sure the viewers like, oh, who the hell is this? <laughs> but Did he caught, show up on time? He came on time. Yeah, he was there on time. Yep. It's only at Sportsnet where he was like razor thin. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. Actually, yeah, that's right. He got cockier as he got older. Didn't need to worry about you know. Time <laughs> oh, he's made it though. Times he was yeah, made it. Yeah, made it. often stuff. without makeup though, eh, Craig. Often without makeup. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a makeup uh, lady for a good few weeks in the latter years. Yeah, <laughs> that's she didn't show up. <laughs> he also but, didn't need it. He's the best looking one of a lot of us. His skin is the best. Olive skin, buddy. Yeah. It's, it's because of olive oil that you put on and moisturize. Yeah, it's probably that. Deitch would show up and uh, we wouldn't know. Oh, Craig's internet is just dying tonight. We're, we're, we're losing you, Craig. Come we're on. Hey, we'll get yeah. Oh, that worked there. Go ahead. You can hear me now? Yeah. I'll tell that story when you screamed, it worked. Oh. Deitch is. Uh... Didn't know what game it was, but he always got under the wire and made it. I think he was always full of shit, though. He'd go, sit down. Yeah, right. So, so what are we doing today? Just like, you know, we, we've been emailing for the previous like four days and no response. What are we doing? And then, changed, well, are you freaking serious? But then, of course, oh, yeah. boom, lights go on. He knows everything. So, um, I think he just bullshit us half the time. He had a, actually, at one point, he'd have a notebook. After this, exactly. it's, our, it's, our last, it's our last sponsorship. It's run with uh, DAZN. So, we have to do one more thing. Yeah. Shall, you, shall I do it now? Yeah. All right. Last one. Last one. 10 second now. multi-sport live read script. <clears throat> Get ready for football and soccer on the zone. Stream the NFL. 
Premier League and UEFA Champions League, your sport when and where you want it. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. D-A-Z-N. Game changed. (laughs) They've got to renew us now. They've got to renew us. We added explosions. (laughs) (laughs) Was that what it was? Um, what's less to talk about here? Anyone want to get anywhere? Talk Canada, Canada again. I think we did that already. This this show's gonna have a shelf life of three hours before the game. (laughs) I think we did that already. Hey, Newcastle are being sold to an ownership group that have uh, high ethics and morals, (laughs) and and the fans loving it. Have you seen that on social media? They're so happy. It's like, oh, football fans. You honestly think these guys are better than Mike Ashley? These people kill my journalists. Jesus Christ. What a disaster. I heard so the new guys, the new the new owners. The, they, heard... they own the company that flew the guys over. Khashoggi. Yeah. Oh my god. I heard sales of camels have gone up in Newcastle drastically. <laughs> yeah, camel cigarettes. Wow, could you imagine oh, Christ. Could you imagine the police the police on Derby Day? Walking up and down those streets from the train station. That that was my introduction to England, Newcastle. Mm. The Tyneware Derby. And I watched 2,000 Sunderland fans in like the tightest box, human moving box you've ever seen of people. There's only six of them, though, but they're fat bastards. No, there was 6,000 of them. It was it was insane. I, I'd never seen anything like it. And this was like, this was 90 minutes minimum, 90 minutes before the match. And everyone ran out to the, the outside of the concourse. So not the terrace, but like the outside outside of the stadium uh, the modern you know traditionally built stadium uh, but uh that kind of that modern outward ramp or whatever and uh it was it was ramped pro- probably 10 or 12 people deep uh yelling newcastle fans yelling at the uh the police escorted um box of sunderland supporters i'd never seen anything like it you know it's funny it's unfair on both newcastle and, and sunderland fans whenever i think of either fan group i think of that there's a both fan groups have famous pictures of shirtless fans there's one in particular with a huge gut with nufc across him and there's a similar one with sunderland i always think of that as their their fans i'm sure there's other fans who aren't built that way mildly better looking fans up there i think there probably are yeah but uh we we have to give a we have to give a shout out to natalie Houghton. she wants me to have newcastle united as my uh team but i think i'm leaning towards brentford you have to go Brentford at this point. Yeah, team of the season so far. You've waited yeah. a while. Is there something yeah. you're waiting for? Is there a moment? A no, captivating just, moment? It's you know I wanted to watch the games. I wanted to real. I wanted to be able to cheer for a team next year too. I'm playing a little bit of coyishness. That's a good I, idea. Oh, they'll be in the like, division. I think next it'd be year. unfair for me to choose a team like God Norwich or something, and all of a sudden I'm like they're in the champions and. <laughs> Eighth place in the champions. You know, that's yeah. not a lot of fun. The championship. Yeah. They'll never be in the champions league. Okay, can't go. Sorry. Championship. You're right. Can't go north. Is that how you it's, like Ipswich? Are they? Yeah. You and Jimmy Brennan. Hate them. Arch rivals from that, eh? That was Schwartz's team, adopted team. Norwich. It was. Our producer. That's right. Yeah, Schwartz is an old producer at Sportsnet. I mean, he wasn't old, but been there for a long time. But one of He's our favorites. Same yeah, color as his teeth. Oh, Craig is on fire tonight. How many people has he nailed? He's being a bastard tonight, eh? Jesus. Schwartzy listens to the show all the time. Oh, Schwartzy. Oh, sorry, Schwartzy. 
No one's safe. Gonna send no you a message. Safe. But yes, it was his first year working in soccer, so he thought, "I need a team," and he loved the Canary colors, so he chose the Canaries, and they went down straight away. And then they came back up two seasons later. They went, they down, went down again. again. And they came back yo, yo up yo two seasons after that, and then they went down again. Yeah, I missed. I miss seeing Delia Smith getting hammered at the end of the season when they Let's just be yeah. You. yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing. It's amazing if if Delia Smith or they hammer her, and then if these Saudis came along and bought them and were willing to spend a billion and chop people up and all sorts of shit. That's fine because they got money and they can buy footballers. Exactly, exactly. sport washing. <laughs> hey, and we're not. It's happening all over the league, and, and that's that's Americans included. Yeah, the Americans, Americans just sold their uh, stock. Russians to the Amer- I forget what team, but the one of the I think City or they just sold yeah. stock on the New York Stock Exchange. Oh, it was uh, United the shares. United, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, yeah, one hundred and fifty million, whatever. We got to get with, uh, um, yeah, we got to get going, guys, because uh, Deech has just sent a text saying, "Got to go for me dinner soon, fellas." Ooh, what are you having? Yeah, he's having. Uh, yeah, what are you yeah, having? Ted Blake. Yeah, Ted Blake. Oh, <laughs> remember we discussed that earlier, didn't we? No Did idea we, that was. was, that, that was we were recording then, or was that a like no, just the, uh, pre- no? Craig's Craig was still trying to figure it out. Was he okay? Yeah, he was lining up all the people on his list to make fun of. It's English slang for out. all of you listeners who didn't know because yeah. I didn't know. It means steak. Who is Ted Blake? I'm changing my tunes. What are you getting mean? No what more is- Mr. Nice Guy. What was he ever about? <laughs> it's the new Craig Forrest. Watch out. Crazy no thing. Safe. Here's a crazy one, really, when you look at it. I don't know how many million people were watching the Blue Jays probably finish the season. And I was watching, too, because I'm a sports fan. But how many we watch in the uh, Canadian team play against Mexico? Oh, it's on, uh, it's on the channel they show wrestling on. It's, they put it on the premium channel. But cha- who's covering it? It's on one soccer, but but Sportsnet is who? airing it on three. Who? No. Oh. Probably time to go. Who? <laughs> before, before Craig ruins any chance of any of us getting back in the media world. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Craig. This has been Footy Prime. Hope you're all having a great weekend. Let's go, Canada. Brought to you by DAZN. You've been listening to Footy Prime, the podcast. Brought to you by DAZN. Your sport. When and where you want it. DAZONE. Game changed. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.